Welcome to 2020, the era of innovation. The Automation Alliance podcast brought to you by RapidMation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Automation Alliance podcast. Uh, today, I'm very honored to have Jason Trent on the podcast. Jason is a longtime colleague and friend, and he spent more than a decade at K2. And I actually remember meeting Jason many, many moons ago when he first joined the K2 team. Uh, Jason currently holds the role of Group Product Manager for K2 Nexus at K2, and he leads the cloud effort at K2, focusing on the future innovation in cloud. So Jason, welcome to the Automation Alliance podcast. Thanks, guys. Man, this is so awesome. What a, what a really kind uh, welcome reception. Uh, thanks for having me on the, on the show today. Yeah, your pleasure. We're excited to have you. All right. So just where to start so many questions, right? But um, I think we'll start here, right? So recently, I've seen a lot of social media activity from the K2 crew on the 20 years of innovation at K2. And it's titled Together, Making the Impossible Easy. So many of the K2 employees have been posting an image of how many years they've been at K2 out of those 20 years, and they've been sharing a little bit about their journey with K2. So I'd love to start there, and could you share with our listeners how many years you've actually been at K2 and a little bit about your journey with K2? Yeah, no, I'm happy to. It's, it's you know, a little bit embarrassing to say it's, it's actually been a decade this year. So in April of this year, I, I celebrated my 10-year mark. Um, at K2, and I, I, it's the it's the longest professional uh, endeavor I've ever stuck with. <laughs> so uh, I'm very fortunate to to be here. I'm fortunate to have found a place to really uh, you know work with great people, work with great partners, make great lifetime friendships and experiences. I mean, you mentioned Sean. You know, we we've known each other now for the entire ten years that I've been here. You across multiple different roles, you know, in the ecosystem and community at large as well. Um, actually, when I came to K2, I started out as, um, as a pre-sales engineer uh, in North America and got a, just a great opportunity to work with uh, just a really world-class uh, team there, both on the, the sales side, but also on the technical sales side. Um, and then over time grew uh, in that org, ended up running the, uh, the North America pre-sales engineering team for about three years. And this was right around the time that we, uh, we decided to go and launch um, K2 Cloud, which was really our first... Um, kind of real, real focus, uh, cloud computing, taking the K2 platform, you know, from a historically an, an on-prem deployment of K2 and taking that and making that available as a platform as a service offering for our customers. And so I got asked to kind of um, lead some of the efforts in that space and, and, and did that for sort of the majority of the last couple of years. Recently, uh, just transitioned out of, a, out of a product strategy role formally um, and into this group product manager role here on the uh, product team at K2. So very, very excited to be here. I feel like um, there's a lot of great roles and things to do at K2. I've gotten a great opportunity to do, I think, I think most of them uh, from my perspective and, and been really excited to be in product now, um, kind of in the, in, the, in the core of our offering, which is our, our new Nexus offering. Yeah, amazing, right? Such a great journey, right? And I always, I always remind our team down here to enjoy the journey because there's so many great things that happen in your career and, and some exciting things that happen. And it's always great to kind of take a step back and reflect on the journey and how it's uh, taken you along for the ride. Um, but going back to those 20 years of innovation, right? So um, I think it was a great landing page up on the K2 website and they had kind of this, this timeline, which I really love, um, that took us through kind of key milestones along that journey. And maybe for, for some 
some of the listeners, I'll just go, go down a quick trip down memory lane, right? So in 2000, K2 incorporated its first offices in Johannesburg, South Africa, and that's where it's opened up its operations. 2003, saw K2 release K2.net 2003, and that really highlighted the close partnership with Microsoft. I believe it was even featured in the uh, Office 2003 launch, which was awesome. We move across to 2004, and that's where the first office was open in Bellevue, out in the States, uh, right next to Microsoft. 2007 then saw the release of K2 Black Pearl, which I guess in those days had some really groundbreaking features, which are still in place today. Things like smart objects and K2 Connect and the like. Uh, 2009 made me smile because that was when the professional K2 Black Pearl book was released. And I remember we hosted Holly on the podcast, and her and I were reminiscing a bit about that. Um, 2011 then got to two key patents uh, for K2 smartphones and K2 smart objects. And I believe that's led to over 30 different patents that K2 now hold today. Um, moving across to 2014, that's all the release of K2 Appet, uh, which was the first cloud offering, and it was no-code workflow around SharePoint. 2018 then saw the release of K2.5 and K2 Cloud, and then on to today, which sees the release of K2 Nexus. So definitely an action-packed history with many, many great memories along the way. Uh, Jason, you've obviously been part of many of those instrumental pieces. So, so what were some of your own personal highlights across those 20 years of innovation? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I came, like a lot of us at K2, I, I kind of came into the product, uh, into the company as, as first as a customer. So I actually, previous to joining K2, uh, I was in uh, consulting for Microsoft Practice, a uh, large SI here in North America, but it's a global SI. And I was, I kind of through a series of different projects kind of become, became the K2 guy that, that, that did that. And uh, so when I joined the company, you know, I felt, uh, first of all, just super excited and happy to be you know, working with people that uh, I, I partnered with before, but now actually, you know, working side by side with them. And I just remember, you know, especially the first, you know, half, half, five years or so, half kind of half part of my journey so far, it was just a whirlwind of new things that were happening. I mean, I, I joined in 2010. This was, this was right when we were in the thick of, you know, Microsoft bringing out, I think the second or sort of third version of workflow uh, focused around SharePoint with the launch of, you know, SharePoint 2013, which was a big investment for Microsoft, but then a, a really, really big thing for partners like ourselves who had a, had a kind of a, a you know, a worldwide, um, you know, kind of association with SharePoint and being the workflow engine that really set underneath that platform. And I, you know, I just remember, uh, you know, getting to actually go out into the community and, and speaking a lot uh, during that time to various different conferences, user groups, things like that, and talking about, you know, this concept around automation, which, you know, really in that, in that particular ECM category or platform was fairly nascent at the time, if, if we're honest. And there were a couple of key partners that were doing some really, really interesting things, trying to go and bring, you know, what now is we talk about as intelligent automation and things like that, but really, really early days of that um, into a platform like that. Um, you know, and it was just a very exciting time to start talking to people about workflow and, and what they could do with, you know, really powerful no-code tooling to, to go and automate parts of their business or their entire business, right, as an example. And then over the last several years, you know, really getting to see the excitement uh, around automation grow. Obviously, there's been, uh, you know, large new parts of the entire marketplace that have been created and, and have grown up in, the, in just the last number of couple of years. And so, uh, you know, to be a kind of a part of that at some level and really see, you know, the promise and the vision that we had all along 
over the last 20 years of, you know, automation and, you know, bringing the ability for anyone in an organization to create change and be innovative, um, you know, through tooling like ours, you know, we, we've always had that vision in our hearts. And then now to, to see it actually play out and, and to see such amazing support for that by, loads of new companies getting started, you know, really investing a uh, big focus in the, in this particular space from things like our friends in the analyst community and, you know, really customers just driving to that spot. It's, it's been, it's been real validating, I think for us as a company. And, and I'd like to say for me personally as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Okay, great. And, and today we're going to talk about something called K2 Nexus, right? So, so let's first up, let's talk about the name. So, Going back in the K2 history, I believe there was a product called K2 Black Pearl. And in that time frame, that was actually a code or an internal code name for the product. And at that stage got so widely adopted by employees and customers that the product actually landed up being called K2 Black Pearl. Um, so I'm keen to hear about K2 Nexus. Did the, is, there, is there a funny story behind the name or where did the name come from? You know, if we were, if we, uh, if we had an opportunity to go and see, see movies these days, uh, I would, I would love to tell you that there was a big Hollywood blockbuster called Nexus coming out, but unfortunately that's, uh, that's not really the case. You know, whenever we started thinking about kind of the core capabilities that are going to be shipping in Nexus, um, you know, what we came back to was really kind of, you know, the cornerstone of our platform, which we think is really integrations. I mean, that, that patent you mentioned and, and some of the early work we did in, in, you know, sort of late 2007 and 2008 around uh, smart objects within the, the KV platform, that's really always been our cornerstone. Our, our idea is to say that, you know, every, everybody's business runs on data and, and really where you get a lot, I think a lot of lift when you start thinking about automating things in your organization is automating areas that surround or sit around data, but data, but don't have to necessarily go and import that data. So, you know, at K2, we never want to replicate uh, any data that you have for various performance and scalability, but also security concerns as well. We want to leave that data where it lies and we want to bring that into the apps that you're building. Nexus felt like a very natural kind of evolution of that story. And as we think about, you know, some of the plans we have for Nexus going forward, um, you know, not only in a greater investment in the ability to go and integrate into a broader number of systems, uh, but now you're starting to see, see systems that aren't just data stores. They're not just systems of record, you know, they're entire other, you know, automation platforms as an example. Uh, and so really becoming kind of that orchestration engine that ties everything together from, from a data perspective, from a workflow and automation perspective, uh, and other things like that. Nexus just felt like, you know, a great choice to, to sort of be the, the, the brand uh, of, of the particular platform and the offering. Yeah, amazing, right? And you're right, right? I, I was recently reading an article, and, and I think the title of the article was Data is the New Oil, right? Mm -hmm. And and I really love that line because you're so right. I mean, every company runs on data, and data is at the heart of everything that we do. So it's really great to hear that about the name K2 Nexus, right? Um, so I guess more than a name, obviously, there's a number of significant expansions that are going to deliver on the K2 vision, as you so mentioned, right? And I'll read some things from kind of uh, that I extracted from one of the blog posts or maybe from one of the web pages. But it reads: Our vision is to help businesses improve the touch points that link the customer experience-facing processes back to employees and operational systems. Our new platform, K2 Nexus, will do that and more. K2 Nexus combines our industry-leading process automation with an open, modern cloud integration service to remove the cost and complexity of building point-to-point -point integrations. And it goes on to say, K2 Nexus enables users to automate manual processes, 
build more efficient processes, and remove bottlenecks by getting the right information into the right hands. It provides the tools to solve your most critical automation needs, which include orchestrating work between humans, bots, and systems, utilizing K2's powerful workflow engine, removing silos of data by connecting and streamlining information, and empowering knowledge workers with tools that can enable them to make decisions faster and adapt to changes quickly. So I just love that because exactly what you've kind of taken me through encompasses exactly all of those statements. Um, so take us through a bit more about the K2 Nexus platform and give our listeners a bit more of an introduction of what's evolved in the platform and kind of some of the key cornerstones of the platform. Yeah, as we as we talked about earlier, I mean, obviously that that data and that integration piece is key. And and, and anyone that knows K two or has maybe heard of us before, you know, know, knows us for the ability to go and and do that process automation. That's again kind of one of the one of the hallmarks of the platform. Um, you know, our approach is to enable you to go and visually model out what your process uh, definition would look like very much like if you were drawing on a whiteboard and you were just collaborating across a couple of colleagues or coworkers and then taking that definition and then making it actionable by, by, you know, throwing it into an execution engine that has all the, you know, amount of capabilities of management and governance and security that you would imagine after, you know, a company investing more than 20 years and sort of refining that approach. But, you know, it's more, you know, the platform is really more than just, you know, workflow and integration because we feel like, you know, that's all fine and well, but at the end of the day, most likely than not, humans are going to have to probably be involved at, at some point in some steps. And we, what we find, you know, in, in kind of working with our customers is that um, while there's opportunities for sort of, you know, automation in, in particular key areas, the real high value things, you know, traditionally, they, they typically involve, you know, some kind of human touch point. And the best way that we found so far that humans uh, react to, you know, kind of in getting involved with with this this form of automation is to do it where they where they work, where they live. So if they're on a mobile device, then you know, surface up uh, an experience that allows them to consume that in a mobile app or you know, on a form that's rendered for a mobile experience. Maybe they live in email, as an example. And so you know, you they, you could go to a portal where all of your task work is, but you just want to live in email. So let's you know, shoot tasks over to people and allow them to. To, you know, interact with it kind of almost conversationally within with an email. And as we look at the future, you know, investing, you know, in other multi-type chat, chat experiences, you know, like bots and things like that, we, we see a great opportunity really to expand, you know, in those areas as well. I think one of the big things that is going to really come out of Nexus though, as we, as we look at back on this, you know, maybe in the next five or six years and kind of think about, you know, how it's grown over time, you know, is going to be this real focus around uh, bringing, modern um, sort of case management style capabilities into the platform as well, and really defining a layer at which those will operate and execute and giving customers, you know, uh, a very solutions focused uh, approach to solving the problems they have in their business. You know, what we found with a lot of customers that have used our platform is that they'll initially buy us for one solution and then find that there's this incredible platform they can use to go and automate all kinds of different things across their business or their organization or enterprise. But, you know, every customer is going to be a, a little bit different. And so the way that we, we kind of have a vision to go in and solve for that is that by, you know, really investing in solution focused, um, really investing in like solution focused approaches, giving us the ability to go and say, you know what, here is a pattern that we have gone and worked through and defined and feel like it's fit for purpose for what you want to tackle in a particular vertical is going to really be, you know, a great opportunity for, for ourselves, but also for customers kind of in the future. 
Uh, and then what we'll do is we'll start to light up the capabilities it's highlighted by those solutions and bring those down into the platform as well. Really providing an opportunity for a customer to say, you know, I want to invest in a particular core solution or I want to invest in a platform that's going to go and solve kind of the breadth and depth of my business. All the while making it easy to go and manage that, to secure that, to govern it, and then to, you know, change that over time. I remember, you know, one of the, the first, uh, I think it was one of the first sales teams that I worked with at K2. This is, gosh, now 10, I guess 10 years ago, like we spoke about earlier. I remember them saying, you know, a, a process changes about every two weeks on average. Um, and so as you go to think about modeling your processes today or automating your processes today, there's a good chance those are going to change in the future. It's not just the processes that change with that type of frequency. I think it's also the experiences that your, your end users that maybe are within the firewall or your customers that maybe sit outside the firewall that you want to expose these apps to as well. Those change, you know, the requirements around those change frequently as well. We all know that business is not standing still. And so to have a platform that gives you the ability to react to that change as well and, you know, change the way a process executes or change the way a form, you know, maybe is displayed on a tablet or on a mobile device or in a browser. Uh, there's a lot of flexibility in enabling, you know, everyone in the organization to do that, not just core IT or the engineering team the people that run the business as well. And so that's really kind of the vision that we have it, you know, at, at our core, it's, it's very, very similar to how, whenever we started the business and whenever we started shipping the first versions of K2, it's that process automation capabilities in the hands of everyone and bringing innovation to everyone. Um, and, you know, with Nexus, I think we're, we're continuing to amplify that as an idea and as a practice for our customers and, and for their end users. Yeah, beautiful, right? And it, it's quite funny because at the moment we're running a lot of what we call citizen developer, right? And maybe for some of the, the listeners, a citizen developer is kind of an advanced business user inside an organization that sits outside of IT, but has the ability or the capabilities to be able to create automations themselves. Uh, and we often run these, what we call the builder bot workshops, where we weave together the worlds of in our, in our scenario, it's K2 and UiPath together. We really get these citizen developers to build out their own bots. So it's great to see that Nexus is going to even take that vision even further. But going back to three other points you mentioned there that, that really excite me, right? And number one, I guess we started off talking about data as the new oil and the integration components. Um, but in the K2 Nexus timeframe, I know you've got um, a new integration component or a new way of integrating, and there's a whole new connector framework. Uh, can you talk to us a little about that connector framework and what the vision for that is? We can, yeah. And, you know, that's really was actually driven by um, what we saw with our customers doing with the platform over the last 20 years. Um, if you were an on-prem customer with K2, you know, you know that you've had the ability to go and really customize almost any part of the platform. We ship a very rich API that is fairly expansive and allows you to, you know, not only extend the core platform itself, but tie that in to maybe other systems that you had built. And, you know, back in 2010 and 2011, that's the way that people did business. They bought a core platform. They used, you know, the breadth and depth of at the, what at the time were, you know, .NET assemblies, essentially dropping them into Visual Studio and, you know, building custom ASP.NET pages that sit on top of them, right? And all the words I just used, there's no way that we could expect someone like a citizen developer to be able to go that to do that today, right? And with, you know, with the sort of the focus now on making tooling that is able to integrate into lots of different systems, that was really kind of the, the idea behind um, what we call the, internally the smart object SDK. And really what that is, is it's, it's, it's a really fancy word. We're basically saying, 
you can now go and build custom integrations in cloud yourself. And so really we thought about, you know, how have our customers been doing it historically and how would we make that possible uh, for them to do that, but now in a, in, a, in a platform as a service type offering. You can imagine, you know, all of the host of architectural and security and flexibility type of challenges we had to overcome to make this happen. But at the end of the day, you know, really what we provide is, is a way for, you know, a member of your team that is going to be well-versed in, in programming because it is definitely going to require, you know, this is, we say that, you know, the, the, the platform is, is, you know, very low code focused. This is definitely one of the areas where there is a little bit of code opportunity here, but we think it's, it's really a, it's a, a prudent and right area. It's, it's really an area where if you're going to involve a de developer, this is really one of the best places to do it. It allows that developer to take advantage of really writing in one of the languages that is the most prevalent today in pretty much any organization, which is JavaScript. And basically, you know, through this very common language, you can now go and create your own integrations into, you know, pretty much any system um, that you, you want to do. And there's a lot of reasons why you'd want to do this. We ship out of the box um, more than two dozen different connectors that come with our platform. And this is sort of pre-configured types of integration into lots of very common SaaS platforms like uh, G Suite or Salesforce or SharePoint Online, things like that, uh, as well as, you know, more traditional on-prem data sources, uh, SQL, uh, uh, Oracle, you know, things like that. But we know that customers are going to have a challenge at some point. They're going to need to go and integrate into some other system. And maybe that's through REST APIs that already exist, or maybe they want to go and extend that integration. And that's really where this Smart Object ADK, that's really where this Smart Object SDK and this new sort of integration capability started with making that ability for them to go and integrate into lots of different systems easier than ever. And we've started to seed that. We actually, whenever we shipped this new broker uh, capability, we also provided a handful of different uh, brokers that you can now get on our GitHub page. So if you go to github.com slash k2workflow, you'll see a number of different GitHub projects that we've made available. And we're investing in GitHub as kind of the collaboration space for our, the developer side of our business. So as you take a look at, you know, the integration that we ship into something like Microsoft Teams or you know, the integration you ship into other providers, you'll have an opportunity to go and submit PRs for that. And our engineering teams will work, work with you on that and getting that actually rolled into the core product and making that available for everyone to take advantage of. Now, you know, Sean, you mentioned this is sort of the first step in this integration layer, and it really is a big investment for us kind of going forward. We have much larger plans, not just around the ability to go and write your own custom integrations, but to customize other parts of the, of the PaaS offering as well. Uh, you know, Nexus in the future will give you the ability to go and, and customize, you know, create custom controls that show up in your forms, create custom themes that you can apply, you know, within those uh, forms and lots of other areas of customization that we want to bring to the platform. As you can imagine, there's a lot of challenge around that when you're when you're making a you know and shipping a product that is in fact you know multi-tenant and 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 but needs to be secure and isolated for each every individual customer, and we're very excited to you know make those investments for our customers uh, and then make it easy for you know both our customers but also our channel and partner community to go to get access uh, to those particular investments and so we talked about it fast forward how um, we'll be uh, shipping a, basically a marketplace that will be coming out 
we're focusing on that right now uh, so that it'll be a single destination for all of our customers, all of our partners to go and see, you know, these are all the different integrations that are in the community effectively that I could deploy into my ne Nexus tenant. Or these are all the, you know, apps that have been pre-built and defined as we talked about that solution experience that I referenced earlier. You know, we, we, see, it, we see that to be a big vehicle, you know, frankly, for our partners who are going to be very focused on certain vertical domains or, or maybe a handful of those to go and bring their, you know, best of breed knowledge and experience in those areas and build custom solutions there as well. So, you know, integration is definitely a start for us. And as I, as I referenced kind of in the naming of Nexus, but, but there's definitely a large vision of how we want to go and satisfy this for customers in the future. Yeah, brilliant to hear, right? And I, I know, I mean, we, we had a tinker around with those new integration capabilities in the, uh, the Smart Object SDK, and we actually created one for UiPath, which was uh, the team had a lot of fun doing because, as you said, right, JavaScript is the language of, of companies nowadays. Lots of people are more affair um, with how to use it. So it's really great to see that and see how you guys are supporting it. And, you know, we were, we were really, really fortunate to find a partner like you that, were, that was very excited to take that up so quickly. Um, we talked to a handful of different partners and we were able to go in, in, in various different areas, you know, things like document assembly or in this case with, with UiPath. You know, we, we found a partner in you that, that were, were, were very excited to jump on board, worked through us and some of the early alphas and previews of the capabilities actually gave us tremendous feedback that helped us refine, you know, the, the product that we ship today and, and in, you know, future updates that we'll make to it in future. So we're very fortunate for, for that as well. Yeah, a pleasure, right? Um, all right, next up, something you mentioned there was case management, right? Now, case management's been very close to my heart for many, many years. Um, so I guess, firstly, maybe for some of the listeners that haven't uh, maybe any background on what case management is, I always kind of explain it in this way, right? So a traditional kind of automation process is kind of like a railroad, right? It gets you from point A to point B. You might stop at different stations along the way, but it really guides you down that path. Um, where case management, as I said, is a, an automation, um, I guess let's call it an automation pattern, but really it's more like a GPS, right? So you could, it takes you from point A to point B, but it may take you to certain other routes along the journey. So you could stop off at a garage to get some gas, or you could do other things along the way. And case management lends itself really nicely to certain types of patterns that we see in the legal space, in the new matter intake and the like, or maybe in the insurance space or something like that. So I was extremely excited to see this come out as some of the, the core kind of K2 Nexus offering. So can you talk the listeners through kind of some of the capabilities you guys have released there? Sure can, yeah. And, and, and just like you said, whenever we talk to customers about case, I think your railroad analogy is 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 spot on and, and, and very accurate. You know, I always talk to them about how imagine the, the the workflow process that you have in your mind of the way that this would go, and then and then go imagine you know talking to somebody that actually does that job, or talking to somebody that maybe is two or three you know approval paths down from the decision that you're mapping out. Their perspective around that could actually be quite different. And really, that's just because, as you mentioned, you know, rarely does that that process definition. You know, I, I talked about this earlier how it, it changes about every two weeks. You know, it's it's that kind of flexibility in the in the definition of a process that really does lend itself very very well to case. You know, I think case really shines when there's a high capability or high degree of ad hoc tasking that could happen, right? And it's not just simple if then type decision making, it's, it's, it's actually a, a level of abstraction, I think a little bit more advanced around that. At any point in the execution, 
of this sort of begin and end, you know, something could happen, uh, you know, an event could arrive that would need you to change the direction of, of the way that you're going. And you can build a lot of that into very, you know, traditional kind of process modeling capability. But with that comes a lot of complexity. And, you know, where that complexity really comes to bear is not only in the in the management of those applications. If you can imagine, you know, you're you're a team that maybe runs, um, you know, a claims processing. That's another great pattern for for cases, claims or incident management or something like that, where there is something that happens and there needs to be a resolution around it. Um, imagine running that for, uh, you know, a very large um, legal firm, or imagine running that for a very large enterprise where there's, you know, potentially thousands or hundreds of thousands of these instances that are going on every single time. And you've got to get in and figure out, you know, why did that one not go the path that you expected? And, and you know, with that, it comes a lot of complexity sometimes. And so what case, you know, looks to do is it really looks to go and, and simplify that as much as possible by giving you the ability to kind of ad hocly say, yep, I'm going down this path, but because of some outside, you know, some kind of outside occurrence, um, I want to redirect that. And I want the flexibility to go and redirect that. And in addition to the case concept itself, you know, it's also all the surrounding typically assets that support that. And those assets could be structured or unstructured data. And so, you know, in, in, in today's world, imagine you go back to that uh, incident process we were just talking about. And as part of that process, you need to go and, you know, you need to get an affidavit of some kind of statement or you need to take, collect some evidence that exists in the physical world. Well, now you have the ability to go and, you know, scan that in and through advanced um, AI and ML and, and ad additional capabilities, we can actually interrogate that document and understand, you know, key pieces of, of document information metadata that maybe aren't, you know, very obvious. And this gives us an opportunity then to sort of feed this into a, a training system that over time, may actually make recommendations for the execution of the process uh, and actually change the direction that the process was maybe initially defined. You know, and then, and of course, there's all the data that streams off of that, you know, feeding advanced uh, smart analytic systems that, that, that kind of sit at the top level and really give information to their end users, kind of going back on the promise of, you know, data is the new oil, making that information available to, to management level or the LT so that they can make informed decisions on the way that their business is running. So, you know, we see a, we see a lot of customers that, that go in and, and, and try to tackle this and they try to do it with, you know, lots of different disparate tools and a lot of, you know, heavy customization and things like that. And really the focus around Nexus is to, to say there's going to be a kind of a common level or common layer, if you will, of this case capability that we want to bring to bear, you know, in the platform. And we will definitely go and, and you know, between ourselves and partners focus on, you know, specific vertical areas. Uh, and you'll see that come out from us, you know, um, you know, it, with the introduction of things like, um, you know, uh, 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 with the introduction of things like, you know, K2 Nexus for legal in the future and, and, and offerings like that. But what you'll also see is us saying, there is this sort of uh, general case layer that you can also go and build and extend, you know, your own custom solutions on top of that as well, if, if that's a direction that you want to go. Yeah, beautiful, right? And uh, I mean, we're really working with kind of K2 Nexus for legal and helping a few customers down here in Australia with that. So we're extremely yep. excited by the capabilities and already have a heap of ideas of other kind of case management style patterns that we could build on top of the case management framework. So we're extremely excited by that. Uh, we're excited about, uh, about that as well, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> 
All right, perfect. And then the final thing you mentioned there was around solutions, right? So you alluded to kind of the K2 marketplace where customers would be able to go to and either download, I guess, integration components or maybe kind of some of these case management style uh, patterns. Uh, tell us a bit more about that in the marketplace and when you see that maybe coming out for customers to take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, really the vision that we have there is that if you're in, I mean, this is sort of the end-all vision, is you're in our tooling and you want to go and integrate into, you know, some system that you, you haven't, you don't have a connector for just yet. And yes, you could definitely go and, you know, try to integrate into their REST API. You could, you could also go and, and, you know, write your own custom integration because we, we provide that flexible integration layer we just spoke about. But what if you had a place that said, you know, right natively within the tooling, you know, go and go and search for that connector and, you, and it popped up and it was there and a partner had already provided that or, or maybe it was part of the sort of general community that had made that possible and you could go and activate that directly within your tenant and continue building your solution. That's really our vision for what the marketplace is going to provide for customers is the ability to go and not only discover, but also utilize anything that we have that we can make available within the platform. So integrations, um, you know, customizations on things like controls and themes that I spoke about earlier, all the way to, you know, full blown solutions. We've got uh, a lot of partners that focus and build, you know, build their entire business around a, a vertical solution offering that's built directly on top of K2. And so by providing that, you know, the ability for those partners to go and build their solutions in such a way that lights up in the marketplace and can take advantage of, you know, Nexus as a platform, but also for customers to give them the ability to go and discover that and then utilize that in their business uh, we think is just really the, the future of where where the, the platform is going to go. And so as you can imagine, you know, Marketplace, that, that is a big effort that supports kind of all the things I just talked about. We're, we're chunking this off definitely in phases. You know, we had a great announcement of this capability coming uh, yeah, whenever we had our presentation at Fast Forward, there was an entire session on that, which was our user conference from uh, April of, of, of this year. And, you know, we're making great inroads to that. We, we want to start engaging with customers and partners in sort of early previews of this capability uh, and definitely plan to have, you know, more details we can share about this uh, towards the second half of this year and sort of the beginning of, of next, right, as we get ready for uh, the 2021 uh, K2 Fast Forward event in, in April of next year. Yeah, brilliant, right? And it, it kind of leads my, my mind to go towards kind of the, the combination of all of these different tools and technologies, right? And we recently hosted Bernie Kawasaki uh, on the podcast. And for those of you who may not know Bernie, he's the K2 Chief Product Officer. Um, and I think he, he had a blog post, and from memory, it's called Helping Business Leaders Navigate the Challenges of Digital Transformation. And in that blog post, he had this to say. He said, there's the saying, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. That's the situation with digital where every vendor claims to be the one size fits all solution. However, keep in mind, each element of a digital strategy provides different benefits. Don't just pick one tool. And he went on to say uh, that you may need a hammer, but you may also need a saw or a drill or a crowbar and use all of those different tools in the toolbox for their appropriate use. And that'll help you, help you reach the outcome you're trying to achieve. Um, and really what he was alluding to there is kind of the concept of intelligent automation. And Jace, I know you, I followed many of your blogs uh, on intelligent automation. So things like how to accelerate intelligent automation, how RPA and DPA help organizations achieve more and understanding the ROI around intelligent automation. So firstly, talk to the listeners a bit about how you would actually define intelligent automation. 
Yeah, I think that's a great question. And, and sometimes it's a, it's a difficult one even to go and answer, Sean. I mean, I, and the reason I say that is that everybody's version of intelligence is going to be a little bit different. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is there really is a, a maturation curve or an adoption curve where every customer is going to be further or less further along than others on that curve. And, and you know, in one of the talks that I, that I give, I, I talk about how there's multiple stages of this, uh, this adoption of, of intelligent automation. And really what intelligent automation is at the end of the day, I, I think it's really the, just the right amount of you know, integration with things like you know, automation and uh, you know, advanced and, and AI and, and ML and analytics and all kinds of different technologies around that that really serve as, you know, the foundation to, to give you the best solution as a customer. What I would say, though, is that that, that solution isn't going to be the same for every customer. I mean, every single customer, even within a given vertical, may have different requirements around how much, you know, how much AI and ML do they need to be additive in that particular case? Or, you know, how much automation do they need, be it, you know, automation through bots or auto, automation through more like orchestration engines like K2. Um, and so when I talk to customers about intelligent automation, I really, I really first talk about understanding, you know, what are the requirements that you have? And there definitely is, you know, there's a, there is a, there is a case that can be made that there's a bridge too far sometimes. You know, you can actually go and say, you know what, I'm not using AI, but man, I really feel like it's, it's going to be super important without actually defining the outcomes that you're trying to get. And without do, going through that rationalization of you know, really what it is that you want to get out of that, you may go invest a lot of time, a lot of, a lot of money, a lot of resources and burn cycles and, and find that the return you get there really isn't you know, much more beneficial than if you hadn't done it at all. And so really with intelligent automation, you know, my personal perspective, I think, is that as you're thinking about you know, what this automation looks like, find parts of your business that are right for automation. And, and fortunately... Uh, that's almost everywhere. Uh, and, you know, really that's why I think, you know, a platform like K2 is so great because we're not focused on just a given vertical right now. You know, we are a platform that can spread across that and, and we'll be investing in, in particular solution areas in the future, but still automation exists almost everywhere with an organization. And then now we're in a fantastic time. I mean, the investment in the cloud over the last, you know, five to 10 years really has brought this great democratization of capability, right? You don't have to go and write your own engine and train that with models, right? You can go and use, you know, fantastic tooling from all kinds of different vendors. And then, you know, thirdly, kind of going back to what Burley was talking about, um, if you're focused on everything, you know, being, a, if you're focused on being a hammer and everything and being a nail, then you're going to, you're going to try to go too deep, I think, in particular areas. You're going to try to go and apply too much in given areas. You need to really, really be honest with yourself. You know, what are the parts of the business that you want to apply intelligent automation to? And, you know, and what are the parts of the business that, frankly, you know, the return on that investment wouldn't be as great? Because you have to treat it just like you would, you know, investing in people or investing, you know, in capital or investing in, you know, manufacturing or machines or anything like that. It is a tool that you can use to achieve an outcome, but make sure that the investment uh, and the outcome you derive from that investment is worth, you know, what that investment costs you. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't actually say it better myself, right? We always refer to Rapid Motion as kind of an outcome focused consulting services business. 
and as the intelligent automation gurus, right? And in our world, how we define intelligent automation is bringing together different tools and technologies uh, to reach that specific outcome for the customer. And our mantra is all about humans and software bots and with all these great new capabilities that K2 Nexus brings us, things like the integration, the case management, the solutions, it builds on an amazing platform already. And it's definitely a key cornerstone of anyone's intelligent automation strategy. Strategy. It's a beautiful to see how that all comes together. James, I think that's been really good. So next up, when is K2 Nexus available? So K2 Nexus is actually broadly available now. Uh, we shipped uh, K2 Nexus in June, towards the end of June of this year. And uh, if a customer is interested, you can visit k2.com. You can get read more details about Nexus. We've got a lot of great supporting information around that. Uh, we, also make it all, uh, we also make it possible for you to come and give K2 Nexus a try. So we have a trial system that allows you to sign up for that, get access to you know, pre-built solutions to see kind of what the experience would be like to do you know, to, to, to play within the tool and actually utilize the tool um, and without any obligation or cost. Uh, and then if it works out for you and there's a, you know, a path forward, then we'd love to talk more about, about what your, your future needs around automation are more broadly with, with Nexus in the future. That's brilliant. Thanks, Chase. Well, listen, we really appreciate your time and taking us through the unpacking of K2 Nexus and all your amazing insights. We could honestly spend a whole day talking through some of these things, but I really appreciate your time. Um, and just before we leave, do you have any final parting thoughts, comments, or anything for the listeners? No, I think this is a very, very exciting time for all of us that are in this automation field. And I would just encourage everyone, you know, to start thinking about ways to go and find new innovation capabilities within your own business. And automation will, I think, frankly, you know, uncover a lot of those for you and allow you to start to achieve, you know, some of those goals that you have. Uh, but the most important thing is to take that first step. You know, start with very, very simple automation, even if it's that, and then grow into the thing that is right for you and right for your business. Yeah, couldn't have said it better, right? We often leave our customers with, it's not about if you're going to do this anymore. It's really about when you're going to do it and when can be today with all the amazing tools and technologies we have available to us. So I think let's leave it there. Jace, thanks very much once again for your time and we look forward to catching up soon. Sean, thanks very much for inviting me. Appreciate it very much. Take care. Be part of the community and join the Automation Alliance at www.automationalliance.com.